shit. I guess we've hit that wall point where, like, you know, they, they put out a bunch of the horror movies early on in the year, and everything now is just going to be, like, Guardians coming out. I guess The Black Demon came out, but I have no interest in that. The Black Demon? Uh, that's that shark <laughs> movie I was oh. telling you about. That's, uh, um, what's his name? Lucas? Something Lucas? But it's like a giant shark on an oil rig. Or they're on an oil rig and a shark is attacking them. Black Demon? In the Mexican I never, Gulf. Never heard of this. Yeah. I think I, t- I was telling you about it briefly because I was like, it. Uh, one of the mystery movies was either going to be that or Sisu. Oh, and it ended okay. Up being Sisu. Right. It's another Megalodon movie. Hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, speaking of that, like the Meg 2, I know, has been like uh, getting some like early advanced screenings and stuff it's coming out later this year um the meg 2 colon the trench and it's being directed ah, by of course by um by ben wheatley who is the director of like in the earth uh field in england right yeah uh, free uh free fire so um i mean pretty interesting director to take on the meg 2 and i've heard like good early talk about it uh which is fascinating because like that first movie the the first meg have you seen it i did not no I mean, complete dog shit. Like, so bad. Uh, such just such an awful movie. And like, um, the fact that the Meg not even entertaining. Bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, in some respects, maybe there's like one or two scenes where you're like, okay, there's like a decent idea in here for like a you know, kaiju sized shark movie. Um, but the fact that you're gonna take something like the Meg and give it to, like, I mean, there's no way around it. Wheatley's an auteur. To give it to an auteur like like him is pretty neat. Um. And, you know, like, I guess How, now I'm interested guess, in seeing it. Yeah. I guess that's an interesting question. Do you stay auteur if you start taking the big checks and doing movies that you're not writing? I mean, can sure, you, yeah. Can you keep that auteur status? Yeah, I think so. That's kind of literally what the original, like, um, definition started as, right? Was like, hey, these guys within the studio system, even with the constraints of, like, you know, the Hollywood financiers like making shots and take you know, putting their stamp on things. These directors still manage to have their voice come through. That's like where the theory originally like, you know, started was like guys like Michael Curtis who directed Casablanca being like, Oh, this is a big studio movie. But if you look at Michael Curtis's like filmography, you can still see him inside of all of it. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's like foundational to it. It's changed since then to be like a director who's like, you know, got control of everything, but like visionary, right? Yeah, like, I think today it would probably be Ari Aster is one of the closer ones to like that definition that I think I'm attributing to it, right? But like, I guess it is just as long as you have that artistic voice that you were putting in, that it is not just you're not just showing up, that like you're doing, yeah, the job in like visualizing the movie the most cinematic way as possible. And you know, okay, it's very funny. This is gonna be a, this is a fantastic segue into um, our movie today because I feel like the, the director we're talking about today, Stephen Hopkins, returning I mean, champion, Stephen Hopkins, returning champion. To some degree, I think every single director is an auteur, right? I mean, like the the, the theory is not that there are two, there are auteurs that are not auteurs. It's just the idea that like over the course of a director's filmography, you're going to see their voice, right? Um, and if you don't see it, maybe that means they're not as good of a director. Uh, it's debatable what, like, mean, you know, what who is on a tour versus not on a tour. But I would argue right. <laughs> Stephen Hopkins, 
much more of a journeyman than he is an auteur director. Um, <laughs> but that's not a bad thing. I think that there's absolutely cases where you can have just like, okay, we just need a product delivered. Here's a person who can get it in on time on budget. Um, so let's just launch into it because I'm going to be talking quite a bit in this episode. I already know, and I do not want to waste time. <laughs> so, uh, hey, welcome to The Weekly Podcast Massacre for yet another episode. Uh, my name is Greg from Los Angeles, and with me, as always, is my fantastic co-host. Hi, I'm Michael from Portland, but everyone calls me Murphy. Uh, actually, Greg, you're from L.A., the city of fear. Yeah. Exactly. Oh boy. And do we have an LA movie for you guys today? <laughs> wow. So uh, on the weekly podcast massacre, every single month we pick a different theme and uh, then pick four horror movies that fit within that theme and discuss how they all relate to the theme, how they relate to each other, and just kind of give our takes and opinions uh, on said movie. And this week, uh, this month from May, uh, we are doing Malian Invasion, any horror movie that wrapping has to it up. In- with uh, Invaders from the Stars. And yeah, we are wrapping it up with a fucking bonkers-ass piece of uh, insane shit. Um, Predator I feel like 2. we started with an insane movie. Yeah. And then, like, we kind of had, like, you know, some, some like, real high art from the 50s. Mm-hmm. Some trash from the 90s. Uh, or, I guess, late 80s. Late and 80s. now we're going back up to the insanity of the 90s. Honestly, um, this one kind of encapsulates everything. It's a big special effects movie, right? Like, yeah. uh, like Life Force or like um, uh, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. Thank you. It's an LA movie, like War of the Worlds. Like War of the Worlds. It's yes. a creature. It's. I mean, uh, alien movies are usually creature features, but it's a creature feature like Critters Two. It's kind of a weird comedy and satire like Critters Two, as much as Critters Two is a satire. It has um, an interesting uh, sense of humor. This yeah. movie, I would say, it's a sequel uh, like Critters, like Critters. That's too. true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, and, and it's a movie that I just I love dearly, and I have such a roller coaster like relationship with this movie that I want to talk about a bit. Um, and I, I just think over the years, like as the kind of appreciation for this movie grows, like it becomes more and more fascinating to look back on, it, especially with every Predator sequel that comes out. And um, right, it's a it's a really interesting franchise. Like it's always been in the shadow of the Alien franchise, I would say, especially as they make more movies that continue to be sometimes mostly lackluster or like derided or just controversial in people's like opinions on them. But we'll get more into that in a moment. Uh, yeah, I I think you bring up that point, and it, I think it it makes sense. As I rewatched one as well, and yeah. and two, it's these. They're like the first one, especially very good. I'll save my opinion on this one, but like Alien <laughs> and Aliens are pretty much like perfect movies. It is really yeah. hard to beat that. Predator get it's like a four point five to me. I really enjoy a lot of it. There's so much cool action. I th- I would I would say Alien or Aliens is better just objectively in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. The first, pre- I mean... Uh, objectively, subjectively, as I'm saying. <laughs> we'll dig into the franchise more at first, but I think the first Predator is, like, all-time five-star masterpiece. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into why. And I think, because it does relate a lot to my opinion of Predator 2 as well. But um, before we do that, uh, we usually do some recommendations for non-horror properties, non-horror books, movies, TV, anything like that. Um, you kind of said before, and you you may not have anything. Uh, 
I don't, I don't really have anything. I've been yeah. uh, struggling to, to just complete things. I've been very busy. I'm going out of town, so I'm trying to get a bunch of stuff together. Yeah. So, Greg, you have the floor. You, we can talk about whatever yeah. you've been watching. Uh, we have been banking a lot of these back-to-back, which has a lot to do with it, too. Like, we just haven't had yeah. really time to watch much or experience anything between uh, episodes. Um, I mean, I could so talk you... about Ted Lasso more. How, like, <laughs> I feel, you know, more warm and fuzzy inside more complete as a human being because of it yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the weird effect that, it, that that show has like i i should get back into it i know there's kind of been like an anti-ted lasso swing a little bit um some people saying that it fell off or like it gets mm. too cutesy sometimes which i could see i mean that that's how scrubs was too though scrubs had its moments of like like okay you're really laying the shit on thick here um yeah yeah but you know uh, in most shows it's a good start like yeah you know, that's exactly how it is um, but my 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 recommendation is also TV. Um, I made a promise during the record for I think it was for War of the Worlds, right? Um, I, think, I, I think in many episodes, actually, I, yes. But I, I made the I made the dedication of like I will watch it by this weekend. I started the X Files finally. I'm finally diving in. It is a show that scared the shit out of me at, when I was a kid. Just the theme song alone made me want to like run screaming from the room. Mm-hmm. It's a good um, thing. Great theme. So I've watched the first two episodes now, and uh, we were talking about it during the War of the Worlds episode, how I was seeing some Twitter thread about, like, oh, X- weird how X-Files was the most sexless show in the world, but all the advertisements were, like, lingerie shoots. Um, which, in the pilot, there is a scene where Mulder is, like, inspecting Scully's ass by candlelight. Like, it's kind of like, it's like, this is not a sexless show at right. all. Yeah. Like, the sexual tension is there so immediately... I think that's the thing. It is sexless, but it is always the will they, won't they. Yes. And that it is, it's not, it's not like a typical, I would say like moonlighting type of flirtation that's going on. It's a, it's more subtle than like the quippy one-liners back and forth, but there are quippy one-liners like about, like we talked about Mulder's obsession with porn. Yeah. Well, I haven't gotten there yet, sadly. I'm eagerly awaiting to get to it, but it is like, (laughs) um... I think just by the nature of having these two young, attractive actors together like this, you know what I mean? Like, there's just inherently going to be sexual tension between the characters because they're two young, hot people who, like, you know, I don't know, look good I, on camera. But I it's think like, he's, like, not even 30 in that pilot. And I, I think she's just, like, 24, 25, she's, maybe. Yeah, she's around somewhere around there. She's yeah. really young, yeah. Yes, uh, which was crazy to see because, like, I go to IMDb to look up episodes and it's got all the stills from the newest episodes. And you're like, whoa. Like, David Duchovny, like, completely different looking person, basically. Yeah. Jillian um, Anderson has aged really, really well. But, uh, yeah, it's just wild that it's, like, episode one, like, we have her in her underwear. And then, like, Mulder, again, Mulder is holding a candle to her butt to, like, look at these yeah. marks that might be alien, like... No mosquito bites. But yeah, oh mosquito bites. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but enjoying it. Fun first two episodes. You know, um, really interested to see where it goes from from here. Uh, you know, excited to get into the monster of the week format. I think that just uh, is where a lot yeah, of the fun that's of the literally the third is. episode is what okay, it is. Cool. I uh, I think it's it's two that's deep throat right. That's where you get yes. the introduction. I kind of love the end of that episode where it's like Mulder makes it there, and then it's just him being like. Like, we burned the body. Like, it's yeah. like literally, you were like three minutes too late. Mm-hmm. It was here. It's, Sorry, it's re- next time. It is crazy. I didn't expect, literally, episode two, Mulder is, like, standing beneath a UFO. Like, 
you know, I, yeah. I, I didn't really, I thought they would drag the mystery out a little longer, but you know, I, I mean, it is still being drug out. Anyway, that's, that's X-Files. Um, I've also been back into reading Heat 2, took a long break from it, but. Yeah, I gotta get back to that. at that. Uh, but it's good. All the casting, uh, news about it is pretty exciting. Really makes me want to finish it. But hey. Austin okay, Butler. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, can't wait. Uh, but hey, that's, uh, I that's guess if anything, all I got. If anything, I'll say the Dune two trailer was really good. Yeah. I'm excited for more Dune. Sure, yeah. I uh, I don't want to because I don't think David Lynch's Dune is perfect, but just as I see more of this one, and I like the first one fine. You know, um, I'm not the biggest uh, Villeneuve fan. I think I think Denis is is good. I think he's obviously a great visual director and great craftsman. Um, I just have a, a hard time connecting with this movie sometimes. Um, not that I would say any of the ones I've seen are bad at all. Uh, it's just like I don't think anything came has come close to like Arrival for me since then. Um, yeah, Arrival is, pro- I think, probably his best. Yeah, even though uh, I yeah, love Blade Runner, it, it there's there's like a weird disconnect at times. Yeah, I don't love that one. I I, I like it. I want to see it again. Visually, fucking amazing to look at. Um, I think all the Ryan Gosling stuff is pretty great. It's just like the the wider connections to like the original and like what they do with the the story. I'm kind of like, eh, you know. Um, um, you don't love Jared Leto's uh, blind performance? <laughs> Not really. Yeah. One I mean, of the weirdest like accents that I've ever yeah. heard in a movie. Not even his worst role by far, but just a strange <laughs> inclusion in the movie. Yeah. Um, of okay. course, Snyder Cut. If we're going worst performance. <laughs> I, I've only just read the the dialogue exchange between him and Batman at the end, and I'm like, "What the it's fuck insane. is this?" Yeah, so insane. All right, Predator Two. Let's launch into the Predator franchise. You mentioned having rewatched the first one. Um, what is your opinion overall of the Predator franchise? Like, we also have beyond this, we got Predators, of course. We have the Predator AVP, but it's just kind of a its own thing a little bit, right? Um, uh, I still haven't seen Prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's one I've been meaning to go back and rewatch things to to have a more you know clear vision. So I think I by this point I can just go back and rewatch it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, I, I mean, really it's, enjoyed Predators. It's disconnected. So yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Predators I really loved. I, I think it's it's really good, not great. Like it's verging on that line of if they had not just repeated the end of Predator, like it would have it could have been really good. Yeah, um, but I love the ideas in there. The Predator was just bizarre. I don't know why those people decided to take that job. Um, <laughs> why is Thomas Jane in that movie? I I can't answer that. Yeah, no one be a mun like ridiculous. That one I was mean, like you know yeah. I'll I'll watch her watch grass grow, but like I you know as soon as she opens her mouth, it's it's just not a great performance whatsoever. Uh, no, Sterling and, K. Brown. I love Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, ridiculous in this movie. That one is such an interesting case because, like, uh, it's Shane Black returning to the franchise. Famously, wrote uh, was a writer on the first movie. Rewrote the 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 script. Um, was on set uh, as an actor to also do rewrites on set. Um, also, funny that he has connection to Danny Glover through yeah. writing Lethal Weapon. Right, which probably has something to do with his casting in the second one. Um, which I know a little bit about that well, from the yeah Joel commentary Silver. I, I think is, is the and real Silver. thing because it's yes, it's him, Busey, and then uh, the the one guy, like the captain in Lethal Weapon, 
is like yeah. the SWAT commander or something in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, correct. And uh, Stephen Hopkins, the director of Predator 2, was a big fan of Lethal Weapon. And so I think he he was like, I want to work with Danny, basically. Um, but yeah, Predator, uh, written by Jim and John Thomas. They're these two, this brother writing team that came up with the concept. Um, their initial idea is, what if uh, Rambo fought an alien? Um, and so you kind of get Predator out of that. And of course, you go for Arnold Schwarzenegger instead of Rambo. Uh, but just a, a one of my all-time favorite movies. I think there's just something really special about it in the Robocop way, um, where it's a movie that is both, like, base and, like, primal in, and enjoyable in that way. You know, in the way pre- like, Robocop is violent and funny and stupid and big and loud. But also there is just, like, a really smart undercurrent underneath everything and i think with right. predator I'm, I'm making a bigger reach when i talk about how smart predator is but i think it is there um predator to me is like this perfect uh piece of 80s like media in that it's this age where like we are mashing up all sorts of genres right so like you have like john carpenter where he's like oh every movie i make is actually a western you know which is true of like escape from new york and things like that and i think this is a very interesting and great like survival movie like man against the elements it just so happens one of the elements is a fucking space alien with greater technology and it's like this insane comment on like the vietnam war and like american colonialism and this this entire idea about struggle and conflict in general right releasing the beast within and it's also got like it's it's not a great character study but there is a good character study in there where you start out with Dutch being like, hey, we're a rescue team. We're not here to do the will of the government. We're not just like a tool for you to go in and kill people. Well, guess what? He gets like tricked pretty easily into killing a bunch of people for basically no reason. You know, just like based on a complete fabricated lie. And then the Predator is teaching him throughout, oh, no, you are just like this kind of like wild savage killer. And he has You're to like let that side of him. Yes, he has to let that side right. of him out in order to survive. Um it's- it's it is one of like the greatest movies about masculinity. I feel exactly. like because it's all yeah. of these competing uh, people. Like, and Jesse Ventura gives one of the best performances just of all time. Like, he's so good, and they're like, I don't have time to bleed. Yeah. Um. When he in the helicopter, when he just spits on Carl mm-hmm. Weathers' shoe, and Carl Weathers is just like, "That's a nasty habit you got there." Of like not getting mad, but yeah. just like commenting on the habit so good um it has maybe one of my favorite movie tropes and i don't know if it started it or like i need to like do some more research to realize it but it's when two characters who haven't seen each other for a long time go you son of a bitch i mean that has been memed so hard nowadays and for a reason and like that feeds into what I'm talking about, where, like, we love seeing big muscle men, like, especially yeah. in the 80s. We loved that as, like, a culture. And so you absolutely get, like, pound for pound, muscle for muscle, like, Predator is, like, the ultimate muscle man movie. Because you have, like, you know, Jesse the Body Ventura, Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger, at his biggest, probably, right? Probably, Carl Weathers yeah. looking incredible. I mean, Bill Duke looks amazing in that movie. Bill Duke, and like, shaving the whole time. Love to it. me, that is, so the, that is the, like, the standout MVP performance of Predator. Um, yeah. And it also feeds into, like, his character in, in that movie, to me, is so great because uh, I'm stealing this from a video essay I watched uh, over a decade ago about Predator. But it talked about Predator as an atheist film. And it's like, 
it's about challenging this preconception of like man's dominance on the planet too you know uh okay of, right. of just like and it's showing in a religious sense the way everybody reacts to the knowledge that hey aliens are real and everything you know about the world uh-huh. and the universe is being thrown out of whack and you see how everyone reacts to it and bill duke has this almost like religious awe or, or a fear of the predator because it's so much greater and grander than he is it literally just drives him insane and um, that is like kind of in that in that same way that like you know an hp lovecraft creature would do you know, when you realize, oh, there's a, such a greater thing out there that I cannot even compete it with. It breaks your mind. Exactly. And then right. you have guys uh, like Schwarzenegger or Dutch who are like, no, I'm going to stand up to this thing. Even if it seems like a, some crazy, surreal, you know, like powerful figure, I'm going to stand up to it and I can match it with pure strength. Um, the, like, I guess he was Native American. I can't remember his yes, character's uh, name. Billy. But like when yeah, he, when he, Sonny yeah Billy. When he, like, cuts yeah. his, his chest. Mm-hmm. And then, like, to fight it. Like, so good. One of the best moments. Yeah. And I, I love that about the Predator franchise. That, to me, is one of its biggest strengths, is this, like, sort of mythical quality to the Predator, where it's intentionally designed, like, the with the dreadlocks, the fishnet stuff, the sort of the very tribal look and movements that Kevin Peter Hall, the guy in the suit, like, gave to the Predator. It's all his his doing. Um, like, it, it is this sort of crazy amalgamation of ancient like mythical religious iconography in a way you know and it ties back into that idea of ancient aliens right ancient astronomer like uh astra astronaut sort of thing um this one especially really gets into with all the mayan iconography of the ship and things like that um yeah they start mentioning they start sprinkling it through and like they really hammer that home in alien versus predator yes it's like you you really take every like warrior culture from across the planet and you put it into a single creature and you're bound to also get some like religious iconography in there too. It's just it is that is the, one of the biggest strengths of the franchise to me. And the biggest problem, one of my one of my big problems with Prey is that it is set in a time where this thing should be you know talked about in a much more religious, mythical sense. And Prey really does not actually get into it all that much. Um, they, there's a couple lines where like some of the native characters will call it by a certain name. They'll be like, "Oh, it's a blank." And you're like, okay, well, what is that? Talk about that more. And the movie just doesn't. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, you could really explore what this thing is to them and like how they interpret it because of the time period. And it just doesn't really seem to use it all that much. They do it in Predator 2. So let's talk about Predator 2 history a little bit. Jim and John Thomas are again back as writers. But this has a very, very fascinating history to me because between Predator coming out and Predator 2 coming out, it's not that much of a gap. Uh, Predator was 86. Right? I thought it was 87 to 90. Yeah, let's look. Yeah, you're right. So Predator is 87. So between 87 and then... um, uh, This was shot in 89. Stephen Hopkins and the director's commentary I watched keeps talking about how this is an 80s film. Even though it came out in 90. But... um, was wondering about that. I was trying to look and find specific dates that this movie was shot. Because I would have assumed, like, it would take some time editing special effects... Um, we've already mentioned him a little bit, but Gary Busey had his motorcycle accident December 88. Yeah. So this would, this would have been his first movie afterwards. So I was really trying to find if like it, if he filmed it after or before, like when it would have been, because it went from like lethal weapon to this one. Yeah. Hopkins says it was after. So this was the, he says okay. this was the first one he returned to acting for. Yeah. 
I, and it's crazy because he's still really good. Like he's pretty, you know. he's still fairly reined in. He's not going, he's not going buck wild yeah. yet. He's he's not in um, point break mode yet. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jim and John Thomas wrote the script. However, between Predator coming out and this coming out in the world of comic books, Dark Horse Comics was a publisher that was up and coming an independent studio that was starting to actually kind of challenge Marvel and DC. Um, And they got the rights to produce Alien comics. So those became a huge hit. And so they were like, okay, you know what? We got to deal with 20th Century Fox with Alien. We can also produce Predator comics. So they tap a guy to write it. um, Like Heinemann or something was his name. And there's an, uh, an artist named Chris Warner who was tapped to do the art for a series that has since... It was just called Predator at the time, but now it's called Predator Concrete Jungle. And this comic was released in 1989, around the same time that the negotiations for a Predator 2 were happening. So initially, Predator 2 was going to star Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was going to return. He was going to suddenly, for some reason, be a New York cop. And the idea was, okay, let's take that. Let's take the Predator, put him into the urban jungle right the concrete jungle and it was gonna be new york and it was gonna be arnold schwarzenegger as a police officer apparently danny glover was also already attached at that point to be his partner however pay there was a pay dispute for arnold he dropped out and opted instead to do according to hopkins he opted for terminator 2 instead which smart move i mean thank god like we yeah if that as much as this movie would have been improved by an arnold schwarzenegger Trying to think of Terminator 2 without Arnold Schwarzenegger would have been yeah, catastrophic. Uh, when Jim Cameron comes calling, you answer, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's why Sam Worthington like wasn't doing anything between <laughs> Avatar 1 and Besides Man on a Ledge, I guess. Uh, yeah. I did want to see, because I, did, I, I was pretty sure, but Dark Horse, Horse Comics uh, is a Milwaukee, Oregon-based publisher... Oh. Uh, that the guy got a bunch of uh, the funds for it from his chain of comic book shops called Pegasus Books in Portland, Oregon. Whoa, yeah, because oh, I've been—I be cool. know I've been to something that is like their corporate office or like right. Oh, that's around awesome. It. Yeah, and I was like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's you know Oregon based. So there yeah. you go. Uh, good day to talk about it because today is Free Comic Book Day, the day we're recording this, the first Saturday of, of May. Um, so. Uh, too late by the time people were hearing this, but support your local comic book shop. Uh, so anyway, the point, I'm, the, the reason I'm talking about this comic is because if you read the comic, which I, I reread it before this episode, the plot is so fucking similar to Predator 2, and it, I'm not sure which came first, whether like the comic book writers were hearing about, hey, they got this idea of setting it in a city, or this comic which came out and was pretty popular alongside the Alien comics... Like, um, if they were like, oh, that's a good setup, let's use that idea. But when you read the comic, there are so many similarities. So you have, like, you know, it's it starts with the police entering a building in order to take down a drug gang. The Predator gets there first, right? Um, you have, there's a line that the Predator records about candy in the comic. Okay, it's like I love it's, that one. In the comic, it's like, let's give them some candy. In the movie, it's, you know, <laughs> want some candy from a, um, from a kid. Want some candy? Yes, and then you even have the fucking subway sequence, which makes way more sense in, uh, in a New York, York setting. But that yeah. happens in the comic, like they're, even down to the fact that, like, oh, all the civilians on the train are armed. 
Like, that is also in the comic book, which came up before the movie. And so it just seems like they just decided to lift all these plot elements for it. It's it's different in a lot of ways. The main character in the comic is the brother of Dutch, um, who just happens to okay. look exactly like him. Um, and it's that a, it's a much great if they had yeah. done that. Like it's it's it is Arnold, but not Dutch. We just like <laughs> oh, we just want him back. And that even like would if be the amazing. predator was like he got confused. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it, it it is it just it's just interesting that I I and since I I read that comic and then have since rewatched Predator two many times, like this is a comic book movie, and it, and a lot of the you know and it's got a lot of hallmarks that the uh, that early I think like comic book movies did like the Tim Burton Batman or the Crow or Spawn or things like that. It's got this exaggerated color palette. It's very like blue brown, you know, kind of like um, it's got this like interesting neon like look to it, especially when they're in the meatpacking factory at the end. Yeah, uh, just like Glover's yellow orange shirt, like yes. when he first enters. Like it's such a weird aesthetic to it. Yeah, yeah, um, and the we weird, didn't even like, say that. Like it's it's a it's a futuristic movie too. Yeah. That it's set in the far off year of 1997. Yeah. <laughs> right, 97. I, I love that too. And their idea of the future is that every cop carries a massive gun with like six attachments on it. Like, but uh, that the... all, of the, all of us, you know, civilians yes. are like well armed because it is, I mean, LA is just a hellhole at this Glo- point. Uh, global warming has really taken off and it's just a constant heat wave, which is funny that nowadays, like, Currently in Los Angeles, we're experiencing some insane weather, but it's just oscillating between like rain and then heat waves, rain, heat waves, rain, yeah. heat waves. Like I've, we've been going through that for months at this point. It's it's kind of wild. Like everyone expected, like it's called global warming. And I think this is why people opt nope. for climate change instead. Climate change, right? yeah, yeah, because it yeah. makes way more sense because it's not just heat. It's like oh no, we're also getting these insane floods happening. It's right the now, wild too. swings between the extremes. Yeah, yes, uh, but I mean it makes sense. Just like our our gun culture has gotten even worse. Uh, what I was gonna say though is I love their dedication to it being hot and all of the the sweat yeah. that everyone has. When we are introduced to the great, we'll get to his name later. We're, when we're introduced to a great character, he has his suit on, and there's just giant pit stains yeah. <laughs> on his suit. It's like it's so good. Um, okay, but that's kind of the genesis of this. Stephen Hopkins gets picked to direct. Not sure really based on what, but yeah, returning champion from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five. Um, I did watch a commentary with him, and he is a very dry and somewhat boring british dude we can run down a bit more of the cast so obviously we've got danny glover as detective mike lieutenant mike harrigan uh maria conchita alonso as leona cantrell uh we got ruben blades maybe one of the greatest names imaginable as danny uh robert davi as um, captain heinemann sorry I, I wanted to ask about danny i because yeah. there was something happened and at one point i was like does he he kind of looks like a tiny Joe Spinell. <laughs> I could see it, yeah, for sure. Some of the pop marks and things like that, yeah. Was, yeah, there was it was like a profile shot of just his face and I was like, "Huh. That that looks very familiar to me." I could see it. He's a he's a big star in South America. Um apparently. Oh, okay. 
and uh, as a singer. And Hopkins talked about how he would sing between takes and things like that. And interesting, was apparently funny. a very nice, great guy. Um, so uh, yeah, Robert Davi is Captain Heineman. He's barely in the movie. Gary Busey uh, yeah. is Peter Keys. Apparently, Peter Keys is the name of uh, Francois Truffaut's character in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So that's kind oh, of a little okay. nod there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who else we got? We have... Uh, Returning Champion. Why do I have her mentioned? Um, who's our, who's our other returning Oh, Bill Paxton, of course. Bill fucking Paxton. Yes, as Jerry... Uh, Jerry Lambert. The Lone is, Ranger yeah. from Rampart Division. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty great movie for him. I wish he had a bigger role. It seems like some of the yeah. stuff may have been cut down a little bit. Um, what of Irene? Oh, she's the doctor. Yeah, forget her. Calvin Lockhart is King Willie. Standout character in this. Pretty good. But most importantly, the top build actor in this movie, Kevin Peter Hall as the Predator. Like, good for This him. is one of the only times in a movie like this that the creature gets top billing. Uh, which is fucking awesome. So he's he is one of only three actors returning from the original movie. So you got him as the Predator, even though it's a different character. Um, you have uh, the woman who played Anna in the original Predator in a brief cameo on a computer screen near the end. Right. And then you have the actor playing El Scorpio. Um, let me look up his name real quick. But he was an extra in the original movie. He's one of the guys in the in the South American camp that they blow up. Um, okay, that makes sense. Yes. Uh, his name is Henry Kingi. K-I-N-G-I. I, I do think it's funny that the end of the first movie ends with the, like... I, I don't know the exact wording of this, but, you know, the the clips of the characters, then with the actor yes. name. Like, it goes through all of Like those. the montage, yeah. And then it literally just does the rolling credits of all mm-hmm. their names. Like, we just saw them... 20 seconds ago but then we get one of the predator what's his name i, I want to say philip baker hall but that is not it whatsoever kevin although peter hall. Yeah. kevin peter hall although i would love philip baker of of <laughs> predator of philip baker hall as as the predator which he is should have been giant the giant bags yeah. under his eyes he should have been the elder at the end of this movie yeah uh yeah that would have been great but also it, like, i just he doesn't even they don't even do one of him for the montage it like no you would think that would be great of just the like roaring yelling predator and then his name you probably knew this uh i don't know if this is a pretty well known thing but he does make a cameo in the first predator 2 of predator as well right after the explosion okay. it cuts to the helicopter pilots and Kevin Peter ah. Hall is one of the head guys in the helicopter. Okay. Um, so you see the Predator die, and you almost immediately cut to the actor playing the Predator, which is fun. Also, this guy, Henry Kingy, I, d- I decided to click on his IMDb. This is for El Scorpio. Still working, doing stunts for things like the Gray Man, F9, 21 Bridges, Ford v. Ferrari. He was a stunt driver in Venom. Uh, this guy What's is still all over the bridges? place. Uh, that was a that. Uh, action movie with... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yes, I I was about to say Black Panther. So yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember that poster. Sure. So uh, that's the cast. Let's get into like some plot stuff. So I love the opening to this movie. Really fucking smart and and playful. I think. Yes, I will um, say it is like I think the beginning of the first Predator is a little too slow. It takes a little bit too long to get into things. This movie starts at an eleven. Yeah. 
I will say I'm gonna disagree on the on that first predator because I, I love the just like the helicopter arriving and then like him getting off. And to me, one of the main fucking stars of these first two movies is Alan Silvestri, who does the score, who was about to bring up. Uh the score to the first predator is such a driving force of that. Where, like, there's almost no dead air in terms of the soundtrack. You're always hearing the right? Or, like, the kind of, like, South American drums, the Latin sort of, like, you know, influence on the score. It's pretty similar for this one. And it's not used as effectively as uh, it is in the first movie. But to me, a lot of the pacing of the first movie is built off of that score. It's just driving you forward at all times. Um... And I love it in the opening, watching the helicopters come down and land and everything. Uh, so, I, yeah, I love the opening of the first one. But we start with the helicopter shot flying over uh, what I believe was Griffith Park. Hopkins mentions that it was they started right by Dodger Stadium. And then I think you fly over Griffith. And then you I see the LA I skyline. was reading, is there an Elysium Park? Yes, uh, you, that's probably it. Yeah, that's right near Dodger Stadium. Yeah. As I was reading, that's what it... Because I was, again, I was trying to find the dates to see if Busey had had a, mm-hmm. a motorcycle accident before or after filming. Yeah. But we get jungle noises over the shots of trees and foliage, and then we come up on the L.A. skyline, big music sting. So 1997, fun. we got a news report talking about a firefight happening in downtown L.A. in the Fashion District. Uh, this part of L.A. looks basically exactly the same. Nothing much has changed. <laughs> um, I actually walked through there pretty recently. Uh, I took the metro somewhere, then I, I walked to... Um, uh, a pinball place and like i walk to this area of town and you're like this looks exactly like the place in predator 2 where they had the shootout um same <laughs> uh, sort of dilapidated buildings and things like that since you had mentioned it i just want to point out as well that at the time of this movie they they implicate that there is a uh subway system in la but that was yeah. not the case not at the time was out no yeah it was like in progress i think so this is why i think they did the future segment like, the, this is part of why they did it. Because, like, oh, okay, we can excuse having a subway sequence. It'll be there, yeah. It's that like the we, Haley's Comet thing yeah. with Life Force. Like, it, it'll be exactly. there eventually. It's right. like we, we took the we took the idea from the comic book, right? Because it, it made sense then because it was New York. And it's like, well, we'll put it in the future so we can have... You can just keep that. We don't have to rewrite it. Um, so we have reporters, like, talking about how it's a 109-degree day. Colombian drug gang is in this intense firefight. There's two injured... Uh, bike cops in the middle everyone's pinned down Danny Glover arrives on the scene and takes charge great fucking moment of this guy being interviewed by the uh by the reporters <laughs> and he goes you know they you know they shot up everything my microwave my tamale, my tamale steamer my steamer, grill you fucking pendejos yeah here's the thing I gotta get ahead of this I love this movie it is I think racist like there's almost no way around it like and here look part of what uh, the movie is like yes. about is about like um we, we we mentioned in the previous episode talking about like you can really uh with alien invasion movies you really have to look at like what is going on at the time who is like who are we scared of a society invading us that is really going to like inform a lot of what the movie is about and i think drugs um, it's about the inner drug city influence. crime inner city crime but it's it's this one does go a bit beyond it getting into the federal side of things with like bc's character and all that where it's like well, that's what they're scared of they're scared of these like international drug gangs coming in right and often gangs that they propped up 
people they empowered, people they sold weapons to, or people they they introduced the drugs to, suddenly they're getting out of control and they're too powerful and causing all this chaos, right? And it's like, that's part of what this movie is about. It's more about the Predator, you know, it's it's much less interested in like a political statement, Um, but that stuff is there. All that said, the depiction of, like, immigrants and foreigners in this movie is fucking ridiculous and over the top. Um, All of the King Willie stuff seems like it should be, like, very offensive. Yeah, probably like, is. In today's society, right? Of Like, yeah. oh, uh, I'm gonna throw bones on this drum to tell the yeah. future. Yeah. Even during this like Jamaican blood ritual, we're taking a guy's soul. The guy, there's a guy smoking the biggest blunt you've ever seen, <laughs> like as the predator is like targeting him and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we also hear that the Jamaicans are in San Pedro, where they shot down a police helicopter. Um, this is also where we meet uh, Morton Downey Jr. as Tony Pope. So I didn't really know who Morton Downey Jr. was, but according to Hopkins, he was a big TV star around this time, kind of like a Jerry Springer sort of figure, and. Uh, he loved to stir up controversy and, like, rile people up and fake news stories, apparently, just sort of the drama and the ratings huh. and all that stuff. I, I know I'd seen his face, and I hate when directors do that. You can get a guy like that. You mm-hmm. don't need them. It's like, uh, you know, lost all respect for Zack Snyder when he hires Nancy Grace to be yeah. in, like, Batman versus Superman. Like, yep. you can get an annoying blonde fat woman. We'll understand you mean Nancy Grace. Even like uh like Bill Maher, I think is in like Iron Man two. Oh no no, it's a uh, Bill O'Reilly is in Iron Man two. Bill like, O'Reilly, really? Like you're gonna give him a fucking paycheck for that? Bill Maher's in Iron Man three, so yeah. I will give <laughs> one pass. Yeah, he is because they talk about Mandarin. Yeah, I will give one pass for, and I I believe it was uh, uh Mission Impossible five where With they Wolf get Blitzer. Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, that's really one of the only reasons I will I will forgive that is because he does the whole mask thing. Like that is a comedic moment. Like you have to have a famous person. I think he's also in Batman. Review. I think he's also in Batman v Superman as is yeah. like Neil deGrasse Tyson. He gets around. Yeah. I hate that trend. I mean, I know. I mean, movies do it. This one's doing it. Although uh, Downey Jr. is playing a different character. Um, but yeah, he hosts hardcore. This is like they're trying to do a RoboCop thing. This is part of like to I think this was a popular like thing to do in comics. Like when you read The Dark Knight Returns, like there's this whole media news like segment right. to it. Um Well, isn't uh I mean isn't Anthony Michael Hall in The Dark Knight? Isn't that like a character he's yeah. doing like that type of media yes. talk show yeah. host? Yeah, exactly. Um, this, it kind of isn't really fact. It's not a good. This is not the best element of Predator Two by far. It's it's no. pretty perfunctory. Um, yeah, though it is funny that like because of it, we on the subway there is a TV that's playing it. Yeah, and Bill Paxton is is able to say, <laughs> "Hey, look, I'm on TV." No, hey, I'm looking pops. good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Uh, so it, Han- Harrigan shows up. He takes charge. They load a car up with bulletproof vests. And he fucking knocks the door off of it. This is so fucking cool. Uh, Danny Glover, I love Danny Glover. It, uh, it's his own car, right? Like, he yes. just shows up and fucks his own car up. Right, and it's like hanging out the side of it as he's driving at these guys. He flips it around to create cover so they can move in and save the cops. Uh, he sneaks around, but awesome. I, I love when he's, like, looking at his trunk full of guns, and he, like, picks up a gun, and he's like, nah, too small, and then picks up, a sh- like, a sawed-off shotgun. Um, 
which is great. He surprises a bunch of guys, and he's just like, uh, you know, what does he say? Uh, or he's going to have a chat with these assholes, which is a great line before he does this thing. Comes up behind him, and it's just like, hey, assholes, and blows five dudes away. It's it's fucking awesome. Uh, we see the, the Colombians retreat into their headquarters where they start arming up. They have a shitload of guns and weaponry. This is where uh, the Scorpio I, I... takes... Yeah, yeah I think you're forgetting, because the guy walks in Not and is like, oh, before I even touch a gun, I'm gonna need some cocaine. Takes the biggest sniff of cocaine I've ever seen in a movie. Just like, yeah. face first into a container of it, like, snarfing well, it Scorpio does that one, but I love <laughs> yes. the one, like, he, but he just comes in and, like, grabs a handful of it, and then just, yeah. like, swipes it mm-hmm. on, his, on his chest. But then, yeah, great line, El Scorpio is ready! And he's, like, vibrating like the Flash. Like, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, the Predator is, like, salivating of all this, too. He is watching Harrigan do it. We hear him going, like, like growling during all this. Lots, I didn't even mention, but lots of thermal shots of this stuff. Um, I, I, I want to interject real quick and ask about this. Yeah. With the Predator, can they tell us apart? Because if it is just the heat I know. That's <laughs> This has always odd. been... Re- because it's, yeah. it's weird. Like, a lot of this movie doesn't make a lot of sense it just the predator will just be there where mm-hmm. something's happening uh but when he follows him to the graveyard like is he specifically following danny glover i mean that's the implication when you see their vision i don't know how they tell anyone apart but maybe you do see sometimes like the predator texts like on the thing sure. maybe that's tracking the different individuals like i don't know i guess i so. have no idea but also, it's like, you know, I guess maybe if you're a predator and you spend your entire life looking through thermal vision, you just learn how to distinguish people and things. Like you It's know. like us, yeah. It's just it's yeah. the way that we see or, like, we adapt and know what this light <laughs> reflecting off other things means. The thing that bothers me more is in the first predator when he takes his mask off and you see what the, the real vision is. And it's just like, Argh. it's like, how it's do you red. live? Th- how do you live that way? That's fucking right. insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so Harrigan goes in they start hearing the sounds of a massacre though because right before the uh, the gang goes out to confront the cops the predator jumps down through the window we just hear a bunch of screams and chaos El Scorpio comes out shooting his like dual Uzis they follow like uh, Harrigan follows him up to the roof I love the actor again, Harry King Kinga Kingy. I don't know how you say his name, but his like shocked expression. He's like looking around for the predator on the roof, and Harrigan's yeah. like, "All right, come on, come down. It's over. Give yourself up." He sees the predator one more time, cloaked, goes to shoot it. Harrigan shoots him off the building and kills him. Uh, really awesome. I love this fucking opening. Talk about kicking your movie off with a bang. It also starts establishing. I think one of the best parts of the movie is that it is just it's very well written. At yeah. a lot of times. Some things are dumb, don't make a lot of sense. But a like lot of the characterization <laughs> yeah. of Danny Glover's like um fear of heights yes. and that he has to overcome this at certain parts in the movie, like is really, really well done. Like it's almost a, you know, Indiana Jones type mm-hmm. like, you know, you give them a fault and then they have to work through that to get through to what they're looking like the goal that they're working towards. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I, I think, like, again, it, it it's... You're, a lot of things are dumb, but that feeds into the comic book sensibility of this, where it's like, we're gonna be blown out and exaggerated because it's a comic book. Because it's right. made to, like, be attention-grabbing and, like, uh, you know, just to, like, to pop 
it's made it's made to pop so we have to make these big decisions in the writing too uh and i mean we get that pretty pretty much right here where like you know he gets chewed out for going in they're like all kind of baffled about this they think it was the voodoo gangs who were their rivals but they're like but how did they get in there danny's no like, bullets were fired right yeah exactly uh, I, I do love danny glover had a great line when they're talking about the guy like he's out front having lunch because he yeah. lands on a picnic table <laughs> yes very good um <laughs> So, uh, Hopkins was, he makes a lot of weird claims during the commentary. Like, he was saying that, uh, you know, all the special effects for this are done on film, right? And he says it was the last big special effects movie done on film. And I think what he means by that, not, not that it was, like, the last one shot on film, but that the effects are done on film without right. computer assistance. I think that's what he's saying, but I, I wasn't quite clear. It makes sense the, um, I guess I'm just going to call it the Predator Frisbee. Yes, like, he calls um, it that too. That's also what what he calls it. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, you know, originality. <laughs> uh, when he cuts off uh, Gary Busey, like yeah. just the way that it's going across the screen, it it's, definitely it's on a wire. looks like yeah, not right. Not well. It looks like composited over multiple yes. layers of film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like an, it's kind of like we talked about War of the Worlds. It's an element shot probably over a black velvet and then they overlay it over the the actual other image yeah yeah um but all of the effects are done like that so like the uh the 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 plasma caster that he shoots the you know the gun like that is those are rockets on wires shooting off sparks like as they fly through a a a set so like all of it is done practically and it, it looks great great looking movie um so uh at the same time i think that the first movie is better by interjecting like the optical effects and things like that, you know? Uh, I think the jungle setting helps things for the original movie. So, uh, he also, this uh, other Hopkins claims, he also claims it was the last movie edited on film. Like, so that's like you put it into like a film editor and edit as opposed to editing on a computer, which I know was taking off in the 90s. So, like, he he might be right about that. But he says a lot of things like that. Oh, this was the first movie to do this. This was the last movie to do this. He says with the opening scene too, he's like, this is probably one of the last times when you could shoot a big street action scene like this in LA because they had that street locked down for like a week and they're blowing up parts of buildings. You know, you see yeah, a window fucking fire. explode. Yeah, yeah. They land a helicopter on the street, you know, which he says is a Joel Silver staple that helicopters are always landing in places they shouldn't be. Okay. Um, that's funny. Which is, that's, a, that's something I'll have to look out for in every single, uh, Joel Silver movie now. Um, so we get introduced to the feds showing up pretty early on. We go back to the police station. This this is something I have uh, an issue with. They, they are the feds, yes. They, yeah. they claim to be DEA. It's It almost right. seems FBI. But it's the CIA, correct? It's the OWLF. You see that on their on their screens later. And I think okay. it's on like it's on like the the weird van thing they're in. Okay. Um, because I don't I, know if that's I, yeah do love that idea of like since the cia is not supposed to operate on american soil that they masquerade as other government agencies as they're working in the u.s yes exactly there's a weird just talking about the comic uh the comic has it has an element of this like i said a lot of things are brought in from it so like the comic has the has the feds who are also like trying to keep uh you know the main characters from investigating this stuff and there's a I, I don't know if it's a joke in the comic or not, but they talk about because of like budget cutbacks that the agents that are are actually IRS, 
and like so they make a bunch of like accounting jokes and stuff like that my like, oh, god it's pretty funny um but more more comic book stuff like again just in terms of like its sensibility when you have the police station and it's just hundreds of extras packed into I it i love it it's yeah. pandemonium yeah and it, it it feels like a parody of like 80s cop movies where you have like the chaotic police station and this one is so chaotic to the point where there's just no breathing room there's just like criminals like punching out cops and then fist fights like every like five feet you know it's even worse uh, than robocop like robocop exactly. was supposed to be like an insane police station and i, and I think one, that's, yeah it's wall-to-wall people this movie feels really indebted to robocop in that way <sighs> kind of to its detriment where it's like okay you're just like you're almost parodying the parody element of robocop right which doesn't fully work but it's still pretty entertaining uh so this is where we meet jerry lambert jerry lambert sorry he is just talking to a random woman about golf, you I know, love it. and he's like, "You get the extra drive," and he's like, very big and physical, like, love it. I love that he keeps, yeah, he's always trying to talk to Harrigan, and Harrigan's just like, "No, no, no, later, I'll get to you soon. See, have a seat." Yeah, so uh, Harrigan goes in, changes in his office. They start discussing the case a little bit. Um, this part is so noisy and busy. I, I always kind of like get lost a little bit. Um. um. What he's getting shoot out, yeah. About this is that again going back to how well written it is. It could almost be a movie without the predator. Like the this set it up. The set it yeah. This setup is like could be a training day esque type of movie with right Danny Glover bringing in the new cop to his team and like cleaning the streets of war torn L.A. You know, when the feds and they're actually the bad guys providing the drug. Like, there is a whole movie that could be here without the Predator. But the fact that the Predator is just inserted into it. Yeah, but I think that's a key to the franchise. I think that's a key to making the franchise interesting. Um, is because that first one is just like an 80s action film, right? Exactly. If you, you have like the political conspiracy going on of this team went in and, and, and mysteriously disappeared. So the CIA, which is, you know, uh, 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 oh my God, Carl Weathers' character. Carl Weathers, yeah. He, he fabricates this story to justify sending in Dutch's team for political reasons, right? Um, and so, and to, to kill these guys, to assassinate these people for under false pretenses that is a plot of an 80s action that's the plot of rambo 2 kind of right like hey the russians are up to something we're gonna send in rambo to like clean stuff up but lie and tell him it's for a different reason um and that and you're right with this one it's an 80s drug war movie about like the you know uh escalating drug conflicts and the feds and their role in that but also there's a predator around and I don't think any other movie in the franchise really does anything like that. They focus on the Predator too much, which is a weird thing to say about Predator movies. But, like, yeah, uh, it, it leads to, I think, just... Then you have to put more focus on the Predator. You have to build them out more. You have to, like... As opposed I, to leaving yeah. them kind of mysterious, you know? Pre Predators is different just in the way that it's set up and the actual plot yeah. of it. Since it's, you know, them bringing them to a spot. Like, right. the training grounds. The Predator, yeah, it was just so misconceived from the beginning it seems like that like exactly what we need you just write you have a good idea for a movie and you just put an alien in the story as well right once we have to like explain why they're here and that the reason they're here is to steal autism like it just gets really stupid you know Bizarre. it just gets so dumb uh so uh but yes it's a great point i love i love that observation uh 
so uh, Lambert starts hitting on on Leona. He gets his nuts grabbed and like you know in my mind he's always like lifted off the ground, but that's something else I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm conflating that with something. Uh, but very cheesy when Danny, Danny and Harrigan are like high fiving, like "Oh, he's in trouble." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? they say it at the same time. It's great. <laughs> yeah, um, we did skip over when when Danny Glover is getting chewed out, and his boss is saying like, "You will abide by what the feds say." Yeah. He said, which means you're cutting off my dick and shoving it up my ass. <laughs> that line made... <laughs> Stephen Hopkins was in the middle of talking, and then he heard that line, and he goes, oh, he just, like, stops and laughs at it. Like, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> fucking great. They call Lambert into the office after getting his nuts grabbed. And his line is, God damn, is that bitch on the rag or what? Just <laughs> Ins- Insane 90s uh, movie. But yeah. as they sit down, it is a beautiful lighting. It's all mm-hmm. that, like... Um, venetian blind yes yeah, lighting yeah. on both of them and danny glover gives that like you know great monologue about you know the door swings both ways yeah uh yeah really love that stuff that shot is so good like just uh the lines going over his face and onto his foot which is up on, on the desk yeah yeah uh really well framed there um we have an insane push in like we it's a nighttime shot pushing into a building where just this woman is having a like this naked woman is having a seizure on top of a Colombian drug lord. She's just like fucking waving around like an inflatable wacky two man while she's having sex with this guy. It's it's, it's probably the cocaine. Nuts. Yeah. Yes. Uh so this movie like this this is a great scene to talk about this. This see, this movie was originally rated NC17 because of violence and nudity and and language and things like that. Something I noticed, we'll get to it in a second, uh, but this movie feels violent, but when you actually look at it, it's fairly bloodless. Like, all of the violence we see is the aftermath of stuff. Right. Um, or, but, like, silhouette. So, or silhouette, know, again, Jumping yeah. all over the butt. Like when, or it goes off frame, yeah. Right. You, see, you do see Bill Paxton's spine and skull removed yes. from his body, but it's so far away and in silhouette that it's just like... Right. Oh, okay. That's you that's don't fine. have you don't have almost any moment like the first movie where like Bill Duke gets his head fucking exploded and yeah. you shoot a squib right at the camera. You know what I mean? Or like you see like the you see Jesse Ventura like get a hole blown in his chest. You know, like I guess the first one's not when, the bloodiest movie in the world, but it's it's still way more violent than this is. I would say when Busey gets cut in half or whatever, like there yeah. is a good amount of blood that's coming from it, right? But that's that's the maybe the bloodiest moment. Honestly, right, the, I yeah. think the most I think the most violent moment is right here because the the voodoo gangs come in, and uh, this is a character named Goldtooth. Apparently, he was not an actor; he was just a Kingston a guy from Kingston Town. A Kingston, he's, he's pretty Kingston. good. But anyway, great. Yes, very very fun guy. I love his voice, and I cannot get I I don't dare say it in his voice, but fucking voodoo magic man is such a great line. And it's, oh, I mean, it's got the burned into line. my head. Yeah, shit happens. You know, you know what I believe. I, I, I'm not gonna. Do this. I'm that's as much as I'm doing. Yeah, shit happens. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, uh, <laughs> shit happens. There, yes. There's no H. But he says that King Willie said not just to kill him, but to also take his soul. So he goes to cut his heart out. This is the most violent thing in the movie, I think, because yeah. you see the knife plunge into the guy's chest, and like he like works down to remove the heart. Um, just as he does this, the predator attacks, and this is a very fun scene. Again, the guy with the giant blunt gets shot with the uh, with the gun. This is where we introduce all of the new predator tools, which is really fun. And I love that the sequel goes so far as to like 
introduce all sorts of new weaponry. So we see the, the spear, which I think is called the combi stick. We see the wrist blades, which is returning from the original movie. We see the disc. We see the net, which is my favorite. And that's that's a great somewhat bloody shot when you see the guy pinned against the wall. It and goes it cuts into to a, them. It cuts to a right? dummy, a dummy of the guy screaming as it like cuts his head. Yeah. Um, so it massacres everybody. Fucking really, really fun scene. First full view of the Predator uncloaked as he approaches Goldtooth to kill him. Um, so the police uh, arrive. We're uh, not even getting to the point of like it is. It mimics us occasionally. Yes. We got that a little bit in the, uh, I guess, towards the end of the first one. But right. There is specifically him saying, "Shit happens. Shit happens." Yes. It's a, it's way better than the first one. The line, um, "What the hell are you?" when he repeats it yeah. in Dutch gives me chills every single time because it, it is just so creepy. You know. Also, my. <laughs> Rewatching the first one, the laugh at the end yeah. is a bit odd. It's it's it's, well, it's it's Billy's laugh, but I love it, and it adds yeah. just such like a it adds so much character to the Predator in that moment, and like it is the creepiest laugh. And I, I, I there's something about that the characterization of it in the first one that has just never been matched. This one comes close, and I love that near the end of this movie, the Predator really becomes a sassy bitch. Like in, in this movie, yeah. like he really starts becomes very talkative, uh, which is really fun. And none of the other movies really do it in a fun as as well as this one. I would say that's true. Yeah, I don't remember that really from a AVP. Yeah, it's ba- not in there at all, as far as I know. So they re- they repeat the whole thing of the the Hispanic woman being like the devil came for them. That's re that's taken again in the first movie. This is where we start doing the running joke of everything being Paxton's specialty, you know, because like, hey, stay here and hold the press. He's like, hey, don't worry, Captain or Lieutenant, you know, uh, PR is my specialty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, surveillance is my specialty. Yeah. Luck, Luck is my specialty. Is my specialty. Yeah. He also tells a joke about the doctor asking for a semen stool and urine sample, and he's like, well, gee, doc, I'm in a hurry. Can't I just leave my underwear? Uh, that I do that is when that is totally improv. Like, yeah. Yeah. I do love uh, just just his performance when he's telling the joke to Lorena or whatever about the woman mm-hmm. who killed her husband. Yes, he's like he's de- like he like you know kind of does the weird. Yeah, <laughs> I stabbed him son of a bitch twenty times and never died on me before, and he does like the like head slap. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. That was another moment that like Stephen Hopkins was in the middle of talking and just like stopped to laugh at it. And he talked about how he said he loved working with Bill Paxton, like it was I, you know a blast. Yeah. Gone too soon. Seriously. Um, I really like, there's a moment when the Fed show up at a crime scene. It makes, like, the Predator, like, noise when, when their flashlights turn on. You know? Uh, there is a nice contrast between the Predator and, like, the Feds and their advanced tech. Their advanced tech. Oh, know? right. Um, which uh, I, I like that. Speaking of the that. flashlight and yeah. Bill Paxton, he's got a great line as they're walking into that building. Hey, nice flashlight. Mind if I borrow it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Danny tells, uh, or Danny Glover is what I meant to talk about, but Harrigan tells Danny to go back and investigate no hero stuff. Uh, Hopkins told a pretty good story at this point that makes him seem like a real dickhead, but also it's a little understandable. So, um, all the out, the exterior shots of them at this crime scene, they originally planned for like a couple of days, but end up being a single night that they had to shoot everything. 
And so it was getting very late in the evening. The sun was about to come up and it would totally spoil the continuity for everything, right? And they really had to do the shot of Danny walking into the building with a kid when it's like from above on a crane and you see oh, yeah. it's like really long shadow and everything. So they had to get that shot before the sun came up and ruined everything. But Ruben Blades was being interviewed. And so Hopkins is like, they're waiting for him. They're trying to find him. They find out he's being interviewed. So he's like, okay, we'll wait till they be done. It just keeps going and going. So Hopkins eventually just walks up to him, tore like his mic out of his ear that he was like talking into. And then like apparently swore and was just like, you got to get the fuck over here. We got to shoot this because they had like wow. 30 minutes to do the whole thing. Right. He did not know. It was a live broadcast for Good Morning America. And so on Good Morning America, they all saw Hopkins come up, start swearing, and like rip the microphone out of his ear and drag him away. Which is like, hey, get it. You have a single night to do this stuff and you have a shot you have to complete, right? But also like, you know, now you're being live broadcast as like yelling at your actor. Do you think there's a clip of that that. somewhere? I would love to see that. I tried to look for it. I did try to look. I I couldn't find it, but also... I was looking this morning, maybe a half hour before we started recording, so sure. I didn't get a lot of time to really dig. I know I, yeah. I looked for it too, yeah. Uh, but you know, the Hopkins just like, yeah, it makes me look kind of bad, but I had to get the shot, so you know, yeah. <laughs> Is he British? Uh, I don't even know. He's British, yeah. He's apparently okay. he was born in Jamaica. He's mentioned he was born in Jamaica, but he's British. But also, he lived in Australia and worked there for a long time. Uh, wow. So yeah, all over the place, but very dry sounding person. So yeah, uh, Danny climbs up to grab the spear tip thing, like a little rocket spear tip that the Predator shoots. He goes goes up to climb to grab it. He starts to fall, and I love that he grabs onto the Predator's invisible arm, which is really fun. That is but really, really cool. Really cool moment when he gets pulled up. His necklace falls off, blood drips on it, so he's dead. Uh, also, uh, the Predator uses Danny Boy to like get his attention because Harrigan said it earlier. Uh. I, we get some more chewing out of Harrigan. Um, basically, there seems to be the a time where, jump at some time because we never yeah. see Danny's funeral, but then right. later on, Danny Glover goes there to like mm-hmm. lay a badge and whatever respect and and everything. Yes. So they, have, they they bring in a doctor to start like analyzing the predator stuff. They're like, it's not of this world. Blah blah blah. Um. Uh, Harrigan decides he needs to meet with King Willie, and so he he does. A giant limo pulls up, filled with pot and smoke. smoke billows yes. out of it. You want some ganja, man? Uh, is what one of the guys says when he, when uh, he climbs into I, the car. I love his his response when he gets out of the car. It's like, yeah, you boys need to cut back. It's not even yes. to stop smoking, but you just gotta like roll <laughs> it back a little bit. Very funny. Um, so we have Calvin Lockhart as King Willie. This is also in the time we first see the predator up on the still on on the uh, up on a gargoyle up in a building, which looks fucking amazing. Like, I want to talk about that too. Just like I, every other predator movie except for the predator, I guess, but they they kind of do like a suburban thing with that one, as opposed to like a city thing, you know. Uh, but it is such a great location for the predator. And you have that really good contrast of, like, his kind of, like, ancient-seeming technology and look with the modern civilization feel of a city. And it's like, this is great in L.A. It would have been a totally different feel if it had been in New York. Make the New York movie. Do a movie set in New York. And you could even, you could do a time period New York movie. You know what I mean? That's true. Like, Gangs of New York, but with the Predator. 
Well, uh, what I was just thinking, you know, him on Gargoyles, but like, yeah. you know, and if he's going to be in New York, why not fight Spider-Man? Wouldn't that Perfect. be a great movie? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, I think you need a darker hero. So somebody like the Punisher, like the Punisher uh, versus maybe. the Predator. I don't know. I think, I think Spider-Man's quips would be fun with it. Yeah. You hey, know. you have him. You have him join in for for some of, and that's the fun sure, of like the Marvel know. stuff sometimes. You know, yeah, yeah, the comics at least. The, they, the Predator's they crossed the over. Very end. He's like yeah. the Wonder Woman of Batman versus Superman. It's Punisher yes. versus Predator, and then you know comes in at the end. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. Uh, I mean, the Predator is such a great comic book character. Well, like, um, you just have Peter Parker in the beginning of the movie. As the photographer, yeah. whatever. There you go. You know, That'd be great. And then yeah. you introduce Spider-Man at the very end. You, I got it. Perfect. Hollywood sent the check. This. We're writing this on spec. No, no, no. We can't write right now. No, 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 no. Uh, solidarity. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, the Predator is a great comic book character. There's a great um, Archie versus the Predator. Okay, Archie versus yeah. Predator comic, which is really fun. And they do not scale back in the violence for it. You see, like, Jughead get violently killed in it. Um, it's very, very fun. So, uh, so okay, hey, King Willie, yes, King Willie. King Willie have their meeting. He's like, you've lost people, <laughs> I lost people, like, we, you know, you should do me a yeah. favor, blah, blah, blah. And then Danny Glover just goes away. And the Predator shows up. And I think this is one of the cooler uh, effects. You said it's not that gory. And I agree but there is like a severed head yes that you see yep. and it is one of the best transitions it's very creatively done where you hear yeah. the scream and it's an extreme close up on his face like like this you think maybe he is screaming but then it pulls back as, as the predator walks away you realize he's carrying a severed head but oh, yeah some of the some of the best shots in the movie here when the predator comes down into the water and is stepping over the puddles and yeah. you have like the water shorting out his like cloaking device so he's got the electricity going over him, and then it pans down to the water, where somehow he's reflected in full. Yeah. But it's all, like, shimmer, and the Predator's got, like, it's it's doing the Kevin Peter Hall thing of, like, the arms spread wide, like, the first movie, and he's, like, doing his, like, kind of dance sort of thing. Yeah. As Willie's um, got his, like, samurai sword. It's like a rapier that he pulls out of a, right, it's a cane yeah. sword. Yeah. Uh, great, great fucking moment, though. But I love that this scene, it, in terms of plot... We don't learn anything. It's not like Harrigan gets some good information. He's just like, oh, I know. he's like, I don't know what he is, but I don't know where he is. And King, the actor Calvin Lockhart is fucking great, by the way. But um, he's like, you know, okay, where is he? He's like the other side. He's a he's a spirit from the spirit world, right? And he's everywhere. And there's just no fighting back against it. Plot wise, adds nothing. But it's like I'm talking about that spiritual sense of the Predator movies. Of like this is a demon from the other side sent to test us or to punish Very us, true. right? Like I, I love adding in just that little flavor to this thing and making the predators seem otherworldly on top of the science fiction part. Uh, so yes, uh, his foundation lie in the holy mountain, Salah, and then he get, then he gets his head cut off. Uh, we learn that the predator has recently been to a slaughterhouse. And that the feds, uh, anytime Paxson goes to track them there, he loses them around the slaughterhouse district. Uh, which I'm not even uh, sure. He's got a, a great real thing line. In LA. Great line, like yeah. In this heat, woohoo! Bo and barbecue. Bo and barbecue. Yeah, it's a, uh, great stuff. Harrigan goes to Hollywood Forever Cemetery, a place I have spent a lot of time at. Great place in Los Angeles. 
um, very Again, calm and doesn't, peaceful. Doesn't make sense to me. Oh, well, I think it's funny. He's like, he calls, they split up, but then he calls the lady and Bill Paxton. And is like, yeah. hey, meet me here. You guys take the subway. I'll pick you up. Take I'm the Long Beach line. Yeah. I'll pick mm-hmm. you up in an hour. Okay, I'm going to go visit my ex-partner's grave. Exactly. In between this. Uh, but a very fun moment. We get the, it reminds me of Predator 2 with the kids running around with the fake guns. But a little kid with a toy Uzi going, eh, eh, just like in his parents being like, hey, come on now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he comes face to face with a fucking cloaked Predator. The Predator at first looks at the gun, determines it's not real. And the kid says he wants some candy. And the Predator's like, I guess, likes that line. I don't know. Uh, so he records it, lets the kid go. Um, Do, just further establishing the code of the Predator, which I always I guess really we love. think that they understand English, especially at the end. To some degree, yeah, definitely. Yeah, which I like that. It means they're intelligent, they're not stupid, and they pick up on context clues. And and also, right. it's like, we. I mean, we established them in coming to Earth for so long. It's like, yeah, yeah they right. would pick us from their language, you know? Like, yeah, I like that a lot. But just the fact of, like, he, he decides that that's a fun thing to say. Want some candy? Yes, exactly. Want some candy? Uh, so Harrigan, like, senses the predator around him, or he hears him or something. So he's whipping uh, around, looking for it. He sees he sees the necklace hanging. And I think yeah, this he, is he, yeah. one of the most 90s thing of all time, is the whipping around. Mm-hmm. Cut to Danny Glover looking. We whip around <laughs> some more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, great stuff. And he sees the necklace, so the predator is definitely fucking with him. And is uh, he, he sees him as the top dog, and decides just to fuck with them because like okay i'm gonna take out your team then you know since you're the one you're the one to mess with here i've taken out everybody else like so now i'm on to you right um which i just i love that that cat and mouse thing with this um so yeah he goes and he attacks jerry and leona on the much on the metro all this stuff was shot on the san francisco bart system as opposed to the la metro because it didn't exist yet um and it looks much different than the la metro looks now of course but I love that it's included. But I, I the, the shot of the Predator climbing on top of the train is so fucking cool to me. Um, I don't think this this sequence is perfect. A lot of the, the flashing lights and stuff is a little too, like, distracting and hard to follow. Um, yeah, and it goes that, on a little too say. long. But it is, it is a lot of fun. You just have, like, the, the punks on... Here, actually, I'm going to dial back. I don't want to talk about the scene too much because there's been a case of real-life, like, subway violence in the real world. That is Recently, really upsetting. Right. That is very upsetting to me. So I don't think I want to linger too long on this. It's but it's it, a fun it's, sequence. That's a like a historical thing that like they that happened. Yeah. Like, I can't remember the guy's name of the case. But Hop- yeah, but Hopkins they, brought it up too in the commentary. Yeah. And they're but they're talking about like that's what Joker is based off of. Yes. Like, like that idea. And it's it is very upsetting. Uh definitely had some weird interactions on on public transportation because it's you're like you're caught there for a little right. bit. There, you can't really get away sometimes. Um, it is, well, you know, we can skip around through all of it, but I think it is funny that they're pushing them all to one side and Bill Paxton's fighting it. Can't can't yeah. hit it. So he grabs a golf ball and, like, throws it at yeah! the Predator. It's, it's his golf ball from his, from his jacket, yeah. I love that. Apparently his death was much gorier, but they got cut. And as I was going to say, is that, like... Uh, there exists somewhere an NC seven an NC seventeen cut of this movie that has never surfaced, and I guess people have been kind of calling for it. And I'm like, I would fucking love to see that. What a uh, shame! Yeah, yeah. Like, so I, I, 
one of the worst things about like film history is that like a, when something got cut before release, usually they would just right. like throw that shit away. You never yeah, see but it. it's like we get we, we we get an uncut version of RoboCop. It's like let's get an uncut Predator Two. Yeah. Um. So uh, I <laughs> in the comic the subway sequence is pretty funny. Because, uh, again, it has a lot of satirical elements to it. And it starts out and it's two, like, executives, like, talking on a train. And uh, they're talking about, like, oh, yeah, did you catch that, like, that Charles Manson, like, talk show yesterday? And it's like, oh, great, which one had him on? It's like, no, it's a, tra- it's a live Charles Manson talk show from prison. Oh it's like, God. it's like, oh, that's disgusting. Where's our journalistic integrity? And then it gets a pause. The guy's like, but how were the numbers, though? And the guy's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it was great. It, it it cleared the Son of Sam sitcom. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty funny stuff. Like, that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Leona gets off the subway. She gets everybody out. But then she goes back for Jerry, finds his corpse, gets attacked with a predator. We learn she's pregnant. And then uh, it decides to leave her alone. Now... I like this. I like that they have a code that they're like, okay, well, you know, it's it's a mother. Of course it would be protecting. We didn't right. even also say it kills all of the punks on the train, but also kills seemingly kills every civilian. Armed with civilian. A yes. Right. And Danny yeah. Glover picks this up. But uh once they put Lorena in the ambulance, the paramedic like puts a stethoscope on her stomach and is like, she's pregnant. I'm pretty sure if she's not visibly showing, you're not gonna have a heartbeat. Might not be shit. able to hear. Yeah. I I'm not a doctor. Me I'm neither. not a woman. I've never had you know um, a living being inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a face hugger on my like on me for a little <laughs> bit, and I passed out. But I'm you know that was like 45 <laughs> minutes ago. So uh... <laughs> oh, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to sit down to a nice meal soon with other pals. Of course, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> so, uh, this is this kicks off one of my favorite sequences in the fucking movie, too. I love all this shit. So, they're investigating the, the subway car. He then, from a distance, yeah, he sees the fucking Predator spine-ripping Jerry's corpse and goes after Pretty it. Cool. The, predator, the Predator goes on the run. I guess he feels too vulnerable at this point to, to take on Harrigan. Um so I love the part where the predator is cloaked and is jumping across the cars and you have just like the roof of the car caving in on that one guy yeah. and then it jumps up to the buildings. Harrigan gets in his car, is kind of chasing it a little bit. Um, he gets fucking sidelined. He gets like uh, uh, T-boned by a, by a truck that grabs him and takes him away. The predator climbs up to the top of the Eastern Columbia building in Los Angeles and this is the shot of the fucking movie. This is so fucking good. It's so wacky and out there. And I don't know why it happens. But the Predator takes his spear. He raises it up to the sky. He's screaming and screeching. Making all this noise. He gets struck by fucking lightning. And it's just like. Argh! It's like charged up by this. It's yeah. so weird. But I, I am obsessed with it. this fucking moment. It is the I, greatest goddamn thing. I made a note. To like with a question mark of like it gets struck by lightning like yes uh, is that what happens? It's also the cover of the first comic book almost exactly with the predator with his like st- with his spear like holding up to the sky on a rooftop. It's uh, a very lightning, cool look. Yeah. yeah, but it's awesome. That Eastern Columbia building, a very old building in Los Angeles. Um, apparently, Johnny Depp owned the penthouse in it for for quite some time. Uh, so that's Johnny Depp's home that we're seeing the okay. predator climb right there. Uh, I wish he had, like, 
I wish he had like opened a window and been like, "Hey, fucking quiet down, knock it off," <laughs> throwing a shoe at him like, a, like it was a cat. No, or like an empty wine bottle. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that stuff, Hopkins said that when they were shooting the stuff in the alley of King Willie, it was causing so much noise that people were opening windows and throwing bags of 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 human shit at them while they were filming. <laughs> um, love that moment though. He's you know he's holding Jerry's spine as well. Great stuff. Uh, this is where Keys fills Harrigan in, talks about Predator One. We get the Anna cameo on the screen. Says it's an alien. Does the Wizard of Oz line of lions, tigers, bears. Oh my! His cheesy, delivery it's of BC. that, yeah, it's great. Is great. It is. Yeah. It is, oh my! <laughs> I love that he's trying to explain it. Harrigan's kind of not really getting it. He's just like a fucking alien, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. out of otherworldly, and he's like, huh? Fucking yeah. alien, man. A fucking alien, man. Yeah, it's great. So I like that their plan is basically Dutch's plan from the first one. They're going to put on suits to hide their body temperature um, so the Predator can't see them. They are they're filling pretty it with sure he of... can only see an infrared. Yes, exactly. Um, they are also, filling the warehouse quick, with a bunch of dust and shit. Yeah. It's the radioactive dust. It's pretty interesting. We haven't even mentioned Adam Baldwin is like yeah. his subordinate. Yeah, Animal Mother from Fumino Jacket. Yeah. Um, uh, I uh, always think of him as Jane from Firefly. Oh, I had, I've totally forgot. Yes, completely forgot that's him. Um, he's got some weird name. He's like Garber or something. Yeah. You're right. So uh, they go in in their suits. They're going to freeze him with liquid nitrogen because um, they kind of imply it's to keep him from exploding because they don't want to destroy Los Angeles. They say 300 um, city blocks, which is Which insane. is insane. How did the fuck did Arnold outrun that explosion in the first movie then? Uh, it really makes no sense. That part, is the, that, like that part of the first one has... from radioactive yes. poisoning, right? That part of the first one has always, like, stretched believability for me. Um, but it's... It, whatever. Um, uh, thinking about it, just, sorry, real quick to go back to the first one. One of the great yeah. moments that I truly love is when he thinks he's killed it for the first time, and mm-hmm. he just, like lays up against the rock and closes his eyes just like i'm almost about to pass out from exhaustion and then it like yeah. it wakes up and he does but i just i love that reaction of like okay i did it at that first one the ending of that first one one of the best one of my favorite endings of any movie ever like him having that like moment with the predator at the end it's it's surprisingly even though it's an alien surprisingly human just like these two warriors being like what are we fucking doing? Like, what right. is, like, why are we compelled to fight each other? You know, it's like, who the fuck are we? That like, they both ask each other, like, what are you? And it's yeah. like a genuine question on both. I mean, maybe the predator's just mocking him, but it is like, yeah, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, well, I guess I maybe it's the like, what are you? Because I've never experienced yeah, exactly. one like you. Like, you were able I mean, to beat me. That's and outsmart. That's, a, that's why that movie is so good. Is you can interpret it in several ways. Like, it's. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, of course, this goes tits up. It can change its visible spectrum to see but their lights. But they're also so stupid that they don't Garber's even Garber's a oh, fucking idiot. Maybe yeah. it could hear us. <laughs> yeah, that too. Exactly. They're just like, ah, we're invisible, we're fine. Uh, they, like, Garber, it, like... It, it catches it because they're, like, going up wooden stairs, and it's like... Mm-hmm. Garber's an idiot, doesn't pull them out. So Danny's like, all right, I'm doing this myself. He knees a guy in the balls, takes him hostage, gets his gun. 
goes out there. Uh, he takes forever though, selecting guns to take inside and like, putting on Kevlar and stuff. <laughs> he takes like, yeah, a that's long his time characterization. Doing it. Like he, meanwhile, yeah, indecisive. Meanwhile, with the weaponry. Yes. Meanwhile, the entire team is killed. I really love when the predators are shooting everybody and everything. It, just, it looks awesome. The lighting is really good in this. Kind of dated. It was, it's a very eighties, nineties look to this stuff, but it looks cool. Yeah. Um, I love that when he. Harrigan like explodes the fuck he blows the door off in order to get inside huge explosion he comes in yelling and it's like keys is uh like cornered it's got the targeting thing on him the predator gets distracted it looks away but the gun stays on keys and it shoots and like blows him like explodes him basically without the predator even looking it's such a badass moment um so yeah, the uh, Harrigan and the Predator face off. He shoots the cannon so that the sable so the sprinklers on so it can't cloak, and then uh, they fight. But Harrigan gets cornered. Right? Oh no, no. Here's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Harrigan gets cornered. He whips around, manages to like fast draw on him, and hits him several times right center mass with his shotgun. Knocks the Predator down. Amazing inversion of the. Um, uh, scene in the first one that you're one ugly motherfucker this is so yeah. fucking funny to me and before i even watched predator 2 i saw a clip of the scene and i was just like i have to see this immediately because it made me laugh so much um and he pulls the mask off the amazing stan winston designed predator face we see it in its full glory i love that this predator has different facial markings and skin oh, yeah. color than the original I, um, I was reading about that. Like they were specifically like you know it's a it's a the same species but just yes. like, different. Yeah, it's different. It's like us. It's going to have visible differences, like genetic, right. like uh, what do you call them when when you present presentations, right? Whatever. Um, so he looks right, right in the face. He says the line, "You're one ugly," and then the predator grabs him, pulls him close, and goes, no, "Motherfucker, one ugly mother." And yeah, then, yeah, that's when it goes, "Motherfucker." <laughs> motherfucker and it's such a funny close-up of its face and its eyes like it's <laughs> yeah. it is hilarious there's so many good close-ups of its face near the end where you really see the jaw working and everything like it looks amazing um I, my problem with some of the other predator movies too uh i saw a video once i was breaking it down but like the face is never quite right after the first two movies the other yeah. movies really like to make the mandibles like wider and it's yeah, like, you I remember the, you talking about this, too. When you look at the first one, the mandibles, like, form the mouth. They close over his, like, pussy mouth. Um, I'm I did it notice, like, Harrigan the more glitterous part of it. Yes. Um, yeah. But it, it looks like an actual face, and it makes it so, like, the... It just looks more natural, something about it. Anyway, uh, Keys is revealed to be alive. He's got a half-burned, like, two-face going on. He starts spraying it with liquid nitrogen. He saves Harrigan, lets him escape. The Predator is having none of it, though, and cuts him in half with a disc. Uh, weird moment where you see his legs fall, but whatever happens... To, what happens the torso? To upper right. half. Yeah. yeah. Bizarre. Very funny. Um, they go up to the roof. The Predator throws a spear and it misses. I like that it's like has like a weird breather thing for some reason, like an inhaler almost. Oh, I think um, it's just like the mask that was taken off. He's just like p- pulling it up to his face. It's 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 like a smaller version of it. And yeah. He's like puffing into. It. He's like yeah. like breathing into it. Yeah. So he's gonna. I love that the predator is like psyching himself up to jump off the roof. It looks like because he's like standing on the edge and he's like kind of like making some weird movements. It's like okay, here we go. One, two, three. I'm gonna jump. You know. So Harrigan tackles him. 
Again, uh, overcoming his fear of heights to be like, I'm gonna jump off yep. this building. Yeah, this stuff is this is my favorite fucking exchange in the movie. I knew, and, yeah. God. Okay, pussy face, your move. Uh, the, it makes me laugh so much. The predator responds in English yet again. <laughs> Shit happens. And like sets the bomb to explode. Harrigan manages to reach the disc, which is stuck in the the side of the building. He cuts I the predator's arm off. So slicing cool. through the bomb too. Yeah. The predator falls off the building, manages to catch like a storm train, which like makes him fall into the bathroom of an old lady's apartment across the street. And again, this this part I absolutely love is that like he's yeah. doing medical services mm-hmm. on himself like he's doing yes. first aid in this we get apartment. the we get the awesome predator scream that i love so much from the first one as he's like doing the first aid, cauterizing his wounds and stuff right because it's it is painful to him <laughs> and i love the the woman like, like yeah. oh shit someone's here and she grabs the broom we hear a little um, bit of jeopardy in the background yeah <laughs> yeah uh rip <laughs> alex trebek but like yes eventually so he does that and then i think what he ends up doing as well is like an adrenaline shot yeah, into himself. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, he fucking punches through the bathroom door, scaring the shit out of the woman. Just as Harrigan, who managed, he managed to very slowly climb down the building, talking himself through it the entire way. Again, Danny Glover's great during all this. Um, um, he follows close behind. Yeah, the, Him and yeah. the woman is great. When he's like, don't worry, I'm a cop. I don't think I he don't, cares. <laughs> I don't think he gives a shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, really weird moment though where we learn that the Predator ship is in a sewer underneath an apartment building. It's like, has that always been Yeah, that been doesn't there? really make sense. <laughs> what is going it's, on? It's very, yeah. uh, you know, it's very convenient that it's like right there, that that's where yeah. it is. Um, so. But it's got uh, a great look to it. The amazing look. The very Mayan inspired, yeah. Is so cool. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about the amazing fucking set where the voodoo slaughter happens. It's a very, like, Mayan-inspired room that they're in. It's that set apartment. is fucking awesome. Yeah, I would love that apartment. Seriously, it, it's absolutely incredible. Very Art Deco, but also, like, like Colombian and Mayan and, like, uh, Latin-inspired. Uh, we have an amazing shot where one of the prop designers thought it'd be cool to include a xenomorph skull, so we see that in there. Uh, I think the Alien vs. Predator comic had already happened at this point. Because, um, like I said, like the Predator comics became very popular as as did the Alien ones, and so they cross over almost immediately. Dark Horse was just like, "We're milking this all we can for all we can get." Yeah, yeah. all of all of the skulls are really cool. There's one big one on the left. Like I wish it's like a T Rex. Yeah, yeah, almost like it's it's something like that. What I kind of wish now it would be like a Rancor skull. That would be really <laughs> yeah. cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Nowadays they would do that. They're owned by Disney, so they can't. Right. They could. Um. So, uh, yeah, very foggy inside. The final confrontation here, Harrigan gets caught by the net, but he cuts out of it with the, That's with cool. the disc. That's cool. Uh, they kind of, like, exchange blows. The Predator's got the wrist claws. He's got the blade. And then the Predator just, like, thinks he's won, but Harrigan manages to, like, get him in the guts and gut him with the disc. It's making a lot of whirring noises, which leads me to believe that it, like, spins very fast or something. Mm. Um, cause it's like, as he's like stabbing the predator and the predator's like roaring, there's a lot of like, it does seem mechanical, <laughs> like, yeah. recalls it back to him at some point, right? Yes, yeah. Um, so the predator dies and, you know, uh, Harrigan yells, that's right, asshole, shit happens. He goes to inspect the body 
and incredible little bit of world building where we see like 10 other predators show up now do you know about who these guys are in the predator costumes no so danny glover a huge fan of the la lakers and i guess frequently on set would like be watching lakers games when he could actually contacted the lakers got a bunch of players down to play these predators Wow. Because they needed they needed tall guys to do it. Yeah. There's an amazing video you can find behind the scenes footage of all the predators dancing on this set, like grooving and it's 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 LA Lakers as the, the predators. Christ, that's here. awesome. Yeah, that is the best thing ever. So the, there's an elder. I think it, I I saw he had a name on like the Predator Report. Grayback? Yes, thank you. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uh you know, they're all got their targeting system on Danny. He's just like, okay, who's next? Which is really badass. <laughs> yeah. Um, but instead, the Predator, like, pulls a fucking flintlock pistol out of his out of his belt, throws it to him, goes, take it, and then they just fuck off. And the yep. ship starts to leave, so Danny runs away. There's an inscription on it that says, uh, Raphael Adolini, 1715. Um, just a great piece of world building. And I, I love it's good characterization for the Predators, too. They're like, hey, nothing personal. You beat us. Good job. Here's your prize. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's part of our code. You did it, and here you go, and we don't have any beef with you. You know? Like, I love that. That's that's just, that's very cool. They're, um, they're not sore losers, and that's what I yes. like about them. Yeah. It's like they're villains, I guess, in a sense. Like, but they're also just, this is just their culture. That's just their code, and, you know? Well, and, you know, and it's interesting. They were, they're not uh, attacking pregnant women or children. Like, right. they, they have their code. They're mainly focusing on, like, bad guys or, you know, people with guns. It gets a little skewed with cops, but... As we all know now, all cops are bastards. So, <laughs> sorry, Harrigan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. Garber comes out yelling at him, all mad because they lost their chance to capture it. And we end with, "Don't worry, asshole. You'll get another chance." And yeah, then it ends. We get the great predator theme going to the credits. I it's like this a movie. helicopter shot, right? Of him, yes, like, exactly on the the, the trail <laughs> of the ship. He, yeah. Uh, it's also just very funny. Just I love the awkwardness of him walking out covered in all the white dust. Like the kind of like shell shocked look on his face is very funny to me. He looks very rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, okay, great movie. What are we gonna rate it out of? Pussy faces. Oh my god! I'm I'm most yeah. What else can you name? What else can you pick? <laughs> uh, let me scroll one back. Let me see. Uh. No, I like El, it. Pussy faces. El yeah. Scorpios. But yeah, I, I, I mean, come on. <laughs> what else are we going to do? Pussy faces. Let's do it. So yes, I will start as host. Uh, I love this movie. Every time I'm watching it, I, I'll go back to when I first saw it. So like, I was a big fan of AVP, as we talked about in the episode. And it was in the behind-the-scenes featurette for that that I first saw clips of Predator 2. And I saw the moment of him going, motherfucker, and stuff. So I was like, oh, I got to see this. So I rented Predator 2, and I watched it, and I, you know, maybe 11, 12, somewhere around there. I hated this movie when I first saw it. I thought it was so fucking stupid. And I was just like, every line is bad, it's cheesy, oh, it's the future of 97? That's not what 97 is like. They made a mistake. Um, I thought that Gary Busey was awful in this, but I don't know. I got older, and... Um, I revisited it a couple times thinking I hated it. 
but every time I watch it, and I'm like, you know what? I actually really like this part. Oh, this part's really fun. Oh, this is it pretty interesting. This is well done. It's still one of these movies when I watch it, I recognize it as like shitty <laughs> in some ways. You know, like it is just like a cash-in sequel that is doing some weird stuff, but it's like I don't know. There's something about it. Like, I think Hopkins is such a weird journeyman director. He's going to deliver something interesting, but he's so up to, like, the... He's so, uh, like, what do you call it? Um, Tied to the quality of the script, too. And I think this was, like, hastily made to cash in on the success of Predator. Um, And like I said, they took a lot of deals from the comic book because they're like, okay, yeah, that seems good. Let's just do that. And it creates such an interesting product where, like, I recognize so much of it doesn't work. It's a little too slowly paced at points. Um, like, you get to the King Willie stuff like 50 minutes in, and that feels like something that should happen much later in the movie. The subway thing is like an hour, and there's 45 minutes left after that. Like, yeah. that entire final set piece with keys and everybody in the warehouse goes on for like half an hour, um, which is too long. And like I guess it's weirdly bloodless, but then, like, you get to the ending, and you, like, everything from when Harrigan comes in to face a predator in a warehouse to the ending is such a rush and it it starts with the bang it's got the good stuff in the middle of it it's like it's it's got great stuff in very key moments to keep it from falling apart completely uh to me this is a definition of a four pussy face movie like it's not great i mean but there's stuff about it that is great you know that i think that has should be re looked at it's got undercurrent of maybe some commentary about inner city drug wars and the government's involvement in that stuff and the escalation of it and the media's part in all this. But it's not interested in that stuff. It really just wants to deliver like a good fun time using the concepts introduced in the first Predator. It's a great sequel because it expands on the ideas of the first one in a cool way. It does repeat some things, but it's all a different flavor because of the different setting, the different characters you know, the different director, like, it, it is, it, it's just such a great entertaining fucking product, and I, uh, when we were on Horror Drafts, I, I, I picked it as one of my, one of my favorite 90s films, 90s horror films, and I said on that podcast, and I, I came up with this on that, on the spot, talking about it there, but I think it's very true, but being shot in 89, but released in 90, it is the last coke-addled breath of 80s action movies, it's just like this is the last time, and it's like it, it fits. It fits along with what stuff Hopkins was saying of like, hey, we did all our effects on film. We edited this on film. You know, like we had this big scene where we shut down a street in Los Angeles for an entire week to blow shit up, right? And like dug holes in the street to flip that car in the beginning and stuff like that. It's like it's the last time some of this stuff is ever happening in cinema, in action cinema, and it's like, and it's all fueled by cocaine and insanity. And you don't see anything like this anymore. It's kind of insane. Um, so, yeah, four pussy faces. I love this movie. Even as I recognize, like, it's got so many fucking problems. And there are times when I'm watching it every single time where I'm like, is this bad? But then I get pulled back in with when he, whenever he calls the Predator a pussy face. I'm like, okay, I'm back in. I think at that <laughs> point, like, it really is just full steam ahead. Like, yeah. you've gotten so many great points. Um, I'm not very far behind you. I, I think it is, it starts so amped up at 11 that it, it can, it's hard to match that. Like it takes a big dip after that and is slowly trying to get back to that. Even with the addition of Bill Paxton, like it's just, it's such an insane action piece to begin with. Yeah. Um, you know, you're put on the edge of your seat and then you're kind of like, okay, when's the next thing going to happen? 
Um, like I've said, it's very well written to the point, like, it couldn't even not be an alien movie or, a pre- you know, a predator movie. You could just have this, uh, you know, uh, conflict between cops and the feds bringing in new blood and, like, explaining everything through them. Um, some rough effects. Again, when the, the frisbee throwing coming back, like, but there's so many great practical effects with, you know, the Predator looks good. I do really love the, um, like, him getting his arm cut off and then doing the, the, the first aid, you know, cauterizing yeah. the wound is just really cool. Very bizarre sense of humor. Again, a lot of Bill Paxton is, is a part of that as well, but again, you know, calling him a pussy face is yes. just really funny. Uh, you know, commenting on oh, what I'm sure people were saying about the Predator's look from the first one. Oh, yeah. And as we've covered, it's just very odd pacing sometimes. That warehouse scene takes way too long. A lot of things stop down the, the, the story. Uh, again, King Willie, not, not needed at <laughs> all, but it is an interesting point that I really do like the yeah. uh, reflecting of his, you know, uh, non-invisible form in the water and then Willie's head as it as it yeah. pulls away. Just some insanity of a movie. I'm 3.7 pussy faces, so I'm I'm pretty much right behind you. Um love it. I did comment it on my my first letterbox of like, like they really don't make them like they used to. This really is a a testament to old school movie making. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, it, it, yeah, it seriously is. Like, it's <laughs> it, it's so fascinating. I just, I, uh, God, I was going to say, too, just like you, you keep mentioning how it, it, it is just like a great cop movie, and then there's a Predator involved. Like, I think that's just how you have to go about the other movies in the franchise. Like, there should all be action movies, of course, but there's different flavors of action movies. It's like, and if we're going to, like, you know, Prey does the period thing, and once you watch it, we can talk about more like how it how it really what it does i'm gonna watch it again i feel like i should give it another shot because it's so beloved by a lot of people and like you know maybe i just have my hang-ups about it watching it again knowing what's gonna happen maybe i'll you know like and more we'll see but um i really think what you got to do is like they do it they do this a little bit in predators where you got the moment with the, with the yakuza guy facing off with the predator just with the katana but it's like if you did it's just a samurai film or a yakuza film with a predator involved. That's it. You just you have all the hallmarks of that genre, but you just add a fucking predator and sci-fi angle to it. I that think you're gonna cool. get something entertaining. You could do a western, do like a like a cool western movie, but involve a predator. You know, like <laughs> there's so many different types of like action movies like that. There's a line that um. Gary Busey has where he talks about how they're drawn by heat and conflict. So right. he's like, oh, Iwo, Iwo Jima, Beirut, Cambodia. Do like a World War II movie. You know, that it's like, oh, they're cool. fighting they're fighting on Iwo Jima and a fucking predator gets involved. Like, there's so much you could do with this. I was just thinking <laughs> what what it should have been right there towards the end of John Wick 4 as he's trying to do the staircase thing. <laughs> like, he gets knocked down, but then as he goes back up, the last thing you see is a predator. There's a predator at the top of the stairs. That he takes out, like, so easily, too. That's That would be the funny thing yeah. about it, is that he's so uh, good at it. I did, my, I did my John Wick meeting Ugg, but it's like John Wick being the predator of just like, you know, you working? And it's just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
All right, well, uh, that's it for Malian Invasion. But we have one more thing to do for May before we close the book. We're going to do the Masseys uh, Awards that we give out every month to the movies that we've covered. Just a quick rundown of what we've watched. We watched Life Force, War of the Worlds, Critters 2, and then Predator 2. We're going to start it off the way we always do. The Claude Daigle Memorial Penmanship Award Scholarship Fund Foundation, otherwise known as Best Kill. I have most of mine already. Do you have any ideas? Do you need to work through them? Do you need to talk them out? Um, I'm pretty sure I have mine. Yeah. Okay. But you want to go ahead and start anyway? Uh, I think for Best Kill, I'm going to go Kane killing the male vampire at the end of Life Force. I just think great. it's such a it's such a great visual of of him rising up and Kane kind of pouncing and, and thrusting with the sword. Yeah, uh, I I do need to rewatch for the director's cut because there's that little bit of interaction, but it's just it's great. And then you get you see the bat form of it, and it's it's so fun and cool. Yeah, that's fucking amazing stuff. Um, yeah, I really love that. I I, I think for me. For best kill, I think I want to do War of the Worlds, and I want to do the three guys approaching the the, the ship and getting blasted by the heat ray. That was um, one of my thoughts too. Because I, I just think I just think back to being a child who that you know people who like or just anybody back in the fifties and seeing that for the first time must have been truly fucking mind blowing. Uh, just them walking at it, just like the ding, 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 and then shot right into camera, obliterating three guys, and then the fucking hardcore image of just like their shadows burned into the ground afterwards like calling back to like nuclear imagery like it's, is that it's pretty it or wild. is it just their pile of ashes it could be that too but it, it made me it made me really it made me think right. of the, the shadows burn on the wall and stuff yeah uh but just a great statement for that movie of just like no it's going to be brutal in its own way uh especially for the time and it's just like it's just a great statement so i think it's my pick okay we're going to move on to best performance Mine is from War of the Worlds as well. I'm going to go with Gene Barry as Dr. Clayton Forrester. I just love his performance after he gets mugged and the car Mm -hmm. is stolen from him. And just that, like, that panic as he's talking to the military police of, like, that the fools, they cut their own throats! Like, it's just, it is amazing insanity. Yeah, he's awesome. I under I undersold him the first time I watched it. I was just like, ah, he's kind of a boring fifty scientist guy. But no, he he's really good. Um, I'm gonna go Predator two, and I'm gonna say Kevin Peter Hall as the Predator. I, I think that I knew like it. he fucking injects that role with so much life, and it's a, this that is another reason I think other Predator movies don't quite hit as well as they do. Unfortunately, he passed away after Predator two. And couldn't come back to play it again. And it's like, they always get big guys to play the Predator, which is obviously, you know, great. But he was so instrumental in crafting the character of it, you know, and really took it seriously. And he he had a background in dance, I believe. And so he incorporated that into its movements and, like, really went for a tribal warrior feel that the other ones just don't capture as well. And it doesn't feel as dangerous or intimidating as it does when Kevin Peter Hall is the Predator, like we talked about that is that scene where he's being reflected in the water and he's got that widespread stance, you know, and right. in this one when he's like hiding in the warehouse, like sneaking around trying to fight Harrigan, like it, it's just really great stuff. Um, you know, I yeah, I think he's great. So Kevin Peter Hall. 
Moving on to best effect, mine's very easy. It's the guard zombie puppet from Life Force. Love as it. he comes awake and just those eyes. It, mm-hmm. it 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 I love it so much. It looks so great. Um I'm gonna say the moment where Patrick Stewart starts shooting blood out of his mouth and pretty cool uh, too. In in addition to Sir Percy and the blood forms fucking Matilda May and she like forms it was between that and just like the saucers in general in uh, War of the Worlds, which is fucking fantastic. The, the like, cute miniatures, yeah, and is is groundbreaking for sure. But that that is just such a stunning fucking sequence in Life Force. Like, uh, I, I love the audacity of it. Like, it's just absolutely insane. Uh, yeah. That's that's my pick. I, <laughs> I, I need to get Life Force something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's fucking cool. It's creative and it's wild. Yeah. Okay, we're moving on to Massacre of the Month, and you know what? You said it in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, apartment where King Willie's boys get massacred. Yeah. That, like, you, you use that exact word, and I was like, I, I did. I'm gonna keep it behind, but yes, that, that is my massacre of the month. If not just the whole movie of Predator 2, but, like, that scene in particular. Mm-hmm. Ah, boy. I, I'm really stuck, because I do want to say that one. Um, like, like I said with that one, it is, that it is where I started to notice how bloodless it is. Because you see a guy, like, fully impaled by the spirit, and when the Predator pulls it out, there's no blood. Um, which is just bizarre but to we, me. We do see the aftermath of... We see the aftermath, the, yeah. ...the guy hanging, and he's mm-hmm. the only one not skinned, but, like, four skinned bodies behind him hanging. Yeah. Um, boy. You know what? I'm gonna say Los Angeles <laughs> in War of the Worlds. <laughs> Yeah. Just seeing it blown to shit, like you don't see a lot of people dying. Like you see, you do see people die on camera in War of the Worlds, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but just the way that like the build, like the buildings are being leveled, and the fact that it's iconic buildings and things like that, and there, there's the implication on everybody escaped in time, of course. So people are dying, and uh, yeah, I think that's got to be my answer. Just to seeing like the level of destruction that they level against the city is just so so much fun. And really cathartic to see Los Angeles like blown up. Uh, yeah, City it's of just fear. really great stuff. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we're we're moving on to our seasonal award for the month, and uh, we decided who would you like to be abducted by Matilda May. I, I mean, that's a good, that's a good answer. I damn it. Uh, I was gonna say the bounty hunters from Critters too. I would really like that, especially. If I could make Lee turn into Mathilda May, boom, I got you beat. Mm, mm. So she probably wouldn't drain you and right. kill you. Um, and but, so then I could also have a three-way with her and Johnny Steele or whatever his name was. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I don't swing that way, but he is a pretty man. I mean, look, yeah, the, the Bounty Hunters Dean seem like a fun group to hang out with. Like, that's probably the real answer. The Matilda May is a joke answer, but, like... Uh, it would be great. I mean, they seem like guys where you could just like ride around the galaxy hunting bounties. Yeah, probably drinking some, throwing back with some beers, and you know, having a good time with them. Right. Like you get to be. Yeah. You get to, they get to say, "Greg, bounty hunter." Mm-hmm. Greg, yeah. bounty hunter. If you could get abducted by the predator, like if they, if they like respected you enough to take you along, like that would be pretty fascinating, honestly. Um, and I'm I'm shocked, like. That's even a sequel idea. It's like, is there a warrior that is like impressed them enough after killing them? You know what I mean? Uh, I know one of the original ideas for um, the end of Predators was for at the very end, 
a ship lands, Arnold gets off alongside other Predators, and it's just like, Ooh. hey, let's go. Like, that was an idea for the end of that movie. And um, I think the, the characters of the Predators do support, like, yeah, they would work with humans in some capacity. The the Predator gets at that a little bit, but it fucks it up bad, you know? Right. Um, anyway. So I'm, I'm sticking with the answer of, of Mathilda May. Yeah. Because for obvious reasons. Can't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for Malian Invasion. I had a wonderful time talking to Amy. Yeah, sad to see right? it go, but seriously. Yeah. 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 M- maybe we'll have another one eventually down the line, but uh, we're going to close you were gonna the book. You were going to ask me... Before we close the book, you were going to ask me a question. We talked about it earlier this week. I, yeah, I, and I guess so we can get a little into it. It's like, do, do you even believe in aliens? Uh, I didn't until I watched The X-Files this last week. That convinced me. Hey, yeah. No, I'm no, 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 I'm that. joking. No, I do. I, I Absolutely. It, 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 Absolutely. Like, there's zero fucking chance if we live in an infant universe that we're the only planet that supports any kind of life. Like, you know. Regardless not, of, of how it, advanced yeah. it is, there is... Like zebras or, or something on another mm-hmm. planet, like you know, bacteria. There's, there's a primitive, yeah. right? Uh, what, whether or not intergalactic travel, if they've ever gotten to that point, what it's the like fermenti paradox or something like that. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically that like any civilization that would get to that point of intergalactic travel would destroy themselves before they would actually get to that point. Right. I, I think that's. If I think about this enough, it does. Aliens to me get existentially terrifying the more I think about it. You know? Um, so, like, that's the thing. Is I don't know if I would ever want there to be confirmation that aliens exist. Like, it right. would just kind of throw everything out of whack, you know? It'd be crazy. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. Well, that's it for this Malian invasion. We're going to start a new chapter. Greg came up with a great idea. Do you want to let us know what it was? Uh, yeah, I do. Um,. <laughs> It could tie in a little bit to aliens in some capacity because they often look like aliens. But true for the month of June, or our representation of aliens look like them. That there you go. Oh wow, yes, perfect. Um, June bugs. That's our theme. June colon bugs. Uh, we're talking about Wonderful. all bug-based horror films. Anything to do with insects, arachnids. We're going to throw arachnids in there. I know they're not exactly insects or bugs, but they're close enough. Tiny creatures um, with lots of legs. That That's going to yeah. be our, our mm-hmm. basis of it. Uh, and we're going to start with an insane one, Greg. You've never seen. I'm real excited nope. for you to watch. We're going to go to 2006. Uh, not returning champ, because we. I don't think we've done anything. No, so probably not. But uh, 2006, William Freakin's Bug. 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 All right. Hell yeah. Let's Starting do it. Starting June colon bug with bug. <laughs> Gonna be a fun time. Thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe anywhere that you get this podcast. You can always contact us. We uh, Email weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com. We have both Twitter and Instagram, both at weeklymassacre. Uh, you are GAnderson19 on Letterboxd. I am Murfinturf. Let us know. Uh, if you can see an infrared, uh, if you've ever confronted your fear of heights, if, uh, I don't know, if you have a pussy face, I don't, I don't know where, how to end that <laughs> Let us know, please. Uh, but until next time, which means you're cutting off my dick and shoving it up my ass. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> 
That's all I got. Bye.